Amen. That, that hymn probably sounds extremely familiar to you, although you may not be familiar with that arrangement. Um, before coming to Bartow, Jennifer and I were serving an ARP church in Covington, Georgia, called Hopewell Presbyterian Church, and a fine couple at that church by the name of Paul and Mary Ward uh, served there, uh, just precious saints of the Lord. It didn't dawn on me until I preached Paul Ward's funeral that a gentleman that looked very familiar to me attended that funeral thanked me for preaching his uncle's funeral service, and he introduced himself as James Ward, the gentleman that wrote that arrangement for Rock of Ages, cleft for me. So just a precious hymn, precious truths there. It's the gospel summarized if you heard it. Hard to listen to it and not cry. Uh, well, we are continuing our sermon series called Horse Pills from Jesus. As we're strolling through Luke's gospel, rest assured next week we are concluding this sermon series called Horse Pills from Jesus. Let's turn to Luke's gospel right now to Luke chapter 13. We're just going to take a look at five verses this morning. Luke 13 verses 1 through 5. If you don't have a, a Bible, there should be a pew Bible there in front of you, page 872. You can turn there. I know I have two obstacles before me this morning. One, I have a very difficult passage of Scripture. It's titled in your Bibles, Bibles, Repent or Perish. And most of your bellies are extremely full from a delicious breakfast this morning. Uh, So, we'll try to move swiftly. Hear God's Word. Luke writes, There were some present at that very time who told him, told Jesus, about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. And he answered them, Do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered in this way? No, I tell you. But unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Or those 18 on whom the tower in Siloam fell and killed them? Do you think that they were worse offenders than all the others who lived in Jerusalem? No, I tell you. But unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, your word is true, but it's tough. And so, Lord, just like a horse pill, it's, it's a big truth that's hard to swallow sometimes. It's hard to swallow it without choking on it. What I pray is that your Holy Spirit would help us to see that this, this tough passage is like medicine. I would pray that you would help it to go down. And remedy the need among us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 
Are you afraid to die? Woody Allen said, I'm not afraid to die. I just don't want to be there when it happens. Woody Allen is a famous comedian director. Another comedian put it this way. He said, don't take life so seriously because you're not going to get out of here alive. Are you afraid to die? We all deal with death differently. I've learned that over the years as people in the church pass away and as their families grieve. The truth is that we've all been touched by death in some way, haven't we? We've all lost a friend. We've all lost a family member. And for those of you that just graduated high school and are beginning to start college, or for those of you that are beginning your senior year of high school, let me say this. Remember today's message 10 years from now. Because you're going to be shocked at how many of your classmates will not live to see your 10-year high school reunion. Am I correct? You'll be amazed. Some that will get sick and die. Others that will die in the, the line of duty. Some that you'll be shocked actually will take their own lives. The reality is that death touches all of us. Many, all of us have lived through national tragedies. Some of us lived through 9-11. Some of us have lived through some of the most recent tragedies. And we've watched school shootings. And some of us are facing the reality of our own mortality, even right now. So the question that is before us today is, are you prepared to die? In other words, are you ready to meet Jesus? Death is not a topic we like to think about, is it? It's not something we like to think about or talk about it's not something we like someone to share with us but death is front and center in Luke chapter 13 verses 1 through 5 and my encouragement to us today is that the Christian faith has an answer for death in fact the Christian faith helps us process death the Christian faith actually helps us prepare for death and I would suggest to you that that's actually my ultimate job in my job description. My job is to get you ready to die. And so this morning as we, we take a look at Luke chapter 13 verses 1 through 5, the, the title of that pericope in this passage, even your Bible says repent or perish. And so that is the, the title of today's message. But I want us to see in this passage are actually two lessons that Jesus gives us about death. There are two lessons that Jesus gives us about death in this passage. And the first lesson he gives us is this, is how to process tragedy. The Christian worldview, the Christian world and life view, gives us the ability to process tragedies in our own life, in the life of our nation. 
The Christian worldview gives you a way to process tragedies even within your church family. And so what we have in this passage is that we have some folks that come up to Jesus in verses 1 through 2, and not in a gossiping way, but in a way that they're amazed at what's just transpired, that they come before Jesus and they say, Jesus, have you heard that there were some Galileans that went in to offer sacrifices, perhaps at the time of Passover, And when they went in to worship God, Pilate, that Roman governor, took it as a perfect opportunity to kill them. Now why would Pilate kill them? Apparently Pilate had heard suspicion that they were rebels and that they were hoping to overthrow the Roman government. We know, according to the first century, we know according to the Gospels, there were many zealots that resided in Galilee and Jerusalem that were hoping to overthrow the Roman government. And so what happens here is that Pilate has these Galileans killed in the act of worship. And so that's what it means by their blood mingled with the blood of the sacrifices. And they're trying to process this tragedy. And Jesus, as the physician of their souls, looks with his eyes that are like MRIs of the soul. And he says, look, you're processing this incorrectly. You're assuming that these Galileans died because they were worse sinners than you are. And Jesus says, no, that's not the case. They're sinners just like you. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And so what Jesus offers for these folks that have come to him is an ability to process the tragedy that's before them. And what's the point? The point is that these Galileans are not suffering. They did not die because they were worse sinners. But rather they suffered because they live in a fallen world just like me and you do. Rebellion and sin and brokenness entered the world when Adam sinned against God in the garden. And the ripple effect has been felt throughout the remainder of history. And so the first lesson that Jesus teaches us about death in this passage is how to process tragedies. And so Jesus goes on in verses, uh, in verse 4, and he brings up a second tragedy that would have been very common to the folks in the first century. He brings up the issue about 18 people that were killed because the Tower of Siloam had fallen upon them. What's the Tower of Siloam? Well, This would have been the the tower at the southeast corner of the wall that surrounded Jerusalem. That tower would have been located near the Pool of Siloam. And so the water from the Gihon Spring would have carried down to the pool into the city. 
And apparently what happened is that for some reason, this part of the wall of Jerusalem became compromised at some point And it fell upon 18 people and killed them. And so Jesus responds to the situation that these people have brought to him. And he brings up a second national tragedy with which they were familiar. And Jesus asks them, the 18 people that died because the tower fell on them, were they more sinful than the rest of the people in Jerusalem? What does Jesus say? No. In other words, Jesus gives them a way to process these deaths. Jesus gives them a way to process these tragedies and say, look, they didn't suffer because they were more guilty sinners than you are. They suffer because we live in a fallen, sinful, broken world. Why does that matter to me and you today? There are many of you that are going through difficult situations in your life right now. And you think that God hates you. You're convinced that God's mad at you. And you think God is punishing you. And as your pastor, I would say that whenever you encounter a difficult situation like that in life, it is a good thing to hit pause, to spend some time before the Lord and pray, to see if there might be some sin in your life which you need to repent of at that time. But know this. Not all the pain and not all the struggle that you experience in your life is because of your sin. Sometimes it's just because we live in a fallen, broken world. I can't count how many couples in a church that I've seen that battle infertility issues. And they think God hates them. He doesn't. I can't tell you how many couples in the church I've seen that have experienced a miscarriage and they think that God hates them and God's mad at them and God's punishing them. He doesn't. We live in a fallen, broken world and what you experienced is a tragedy. And I want you to understand that. There's some of you that that are recovering from abuse that you experienced years ago, or maybe even recently you're trying to process some abuse you've experienced. And it's not shame on you, it's shame on them. It's not the sin that you have, it's the sin that you've experienced as a result of someone else sinning against you. What I want to offer you is encouragement and The love of your Savior today to say that the reason that you experience that pain is because we live in a fallen world. And so what Jesus offers us today is a way to process tragedy in our life. The way to process, process death in our life is that we live in a fallen broken world are you are you a sinner am i a sinner absolutely for all have sinned 
and fallen short of the glory of God. But the Christian worldview actually provides an answer and help. I was reading a commentary by R. Kent Hughes this week, and he shared the story of some Wycliffe missionaries to Papua New Guinea named the Steincrosses. The, the husband was named Walt, the, the wife was named Vonnie, and they had two daughters, Carrie and Kathy. As you know, that the fields are ripe for the harvest, Jesus says, and there are very few laborers to go out into the harvest. And so this family had accepted God's call upon their life, and they had entered the mission field there in Papua New Guinea. But one day at 3 o'clock p.m., unbeknownst to them, a half-mile section of a mountain in Papua New Guinea, across the river from them, collapsed, broke off, fell off of the mountain, and buried them alive. A tragedy. Did they die because God was punishing them? No. But Jesus offers us a way to process that tragedy, doesn't he? He says we live in a fallen, broken world. It's a tragedy. But there was hope. Because we know that that family was prepared to die. They were prepared to meet Jesus. Their creator and their redeemer. Which leads us to the second lesson that Jesus teaches us in this passage today. It's the second lesson Jesus teaches us about death. That Jesus wants us to be able to process tragedy. But he also wants to help us prepare for eternity. Notice verse 3 and verse 5. In the English, it's translated the same. In the original language in Greek, it's essentially the same, except there's two different words uh, used in verse, between verse 3 and verse 5 for the word unless. And so it's no really, really no big deal. It's essentially the same way even in the Greek. When he says in verse 3, he says, No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Now, is Jesus saying that unless these people repent, that are listening to him preach that day, that they too will be sacrificed by Pilate as they go to offer sacrifices? Not necessarily. When Jesus says in verse 5, Now I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Is Jesus saying to them, as we make our way to Jerusalem, disciples, we better be careful lest another tower from the wall of Jerusalem fall upon us and kill us? Now what's the point Jesus is making? He's saying this, there are two deaths you can face. One is a physical death, and one is a spiritual death. And what Jesus is telling his disciples, and what he's telling the crowd that day is this, don't be afraid about dying physically. That's going to happen to everyone. On a long enough timeline, the survival rate of everyone turns to zero. But what do you want to be prepared for? Is to meet Jesus. 
so that the worst that you ever face is physical death and you never experience spiritual death, which means to experience God's judgment and wrath for all of eternity. So what does Jesus say? Jesus says there's two requirements to get ready for death. Repent and believe. As J.C. Ryle says in his commentary on Luke 13, 1-5, he says this, There are two requirements to be saved. Repent and believe the gospel. And what does it mean to repent? It doesn't mean to just feel remorse that you get caught. <laughs> that it seems to be the, what happens in our culture today. You, you see a, a professional ball player who gets caught using performance-enhancing drugs. What does he do? He cries and he complains and he's just embarrassed that he got caught. No, to repent means that you literally have a change of direction in your life. That you have a change of mind. And to believe means to trust. The reality is, I believe that built into the woven and woven into the fabric of all of our understanding about our mortality and the fact that we desire eternity is the fact that we know that there is a chasm of separation that exists between us and our Creator. And unfortunately, our sin bend and our knee-jerk reaction is to think that we're kind of like wily e. coyote, if you've ever seen that cartoon. That we have to conjure up our own little spiritual acme products and do our best to try to bridge the chasm between us and God. Well, the scriptures teach us that salvation does not depend upon man's desire or effort, but upon God who shows us mercy. For it's by grace you've been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It's a gift of God, not by works, lest any man should boast. We're not saved by our works, but we're saved by the work of God alone through Christ. So what does it mean to repent and believe? That we turn away from ourselves and we turn to God and the answer that he has for our sin. And the answer is Jesus. And that we trust in him alone for salvation. That we admit that we're a sinner and that we accept that Jesus is the only hope we have for forgiveness. Jesus is the only hope that we have for a reconciled relationship with our creator and we trust in him. Are you prepared to die today? Are you ready to meet Jesus? The Christian faith, in my opinion, offers us the only logical understanding for why we grieve when we lose loved ones. Because we know this world is fractured. This is the way it should be. And the Christian faith is the only true religion that offers us hope and peace in the face of death. How many of you, by a show of hands, have ever heard of the name Donald Gray Barnhouse? How many of you have ever? Okay, okay, a couple of you. Donald Gray Barnhouse was a beloved pastor of 10th Presbyterian Church in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania for about 33 years. Uh, he had a famous radio program. I believe it was called the Bible Study Hour. And he taught the Bible for, for years. And I can't remember how many years he preached through the book of Romans. But one of his uh, gentlemen that followed him was James Montgomery Boyce. And one of my dear friends and mentors, I saw uh, 
James Montgomery Boyce one time at uh, an ARP function, believe it or not, and he asked uh, Dr. Boyce what he was going to be preached on. He decided that he was going to preach through the book of Romans. And my friend asked Dr. Boyce, said, are you really going to do that? You know how long Barnhouse preached through. He's like, I know, but it's been enough time. I, 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 can, I can accept it. Donald Gray Barnhouse experienced a tragedy in his life rather early on in his ministry when his first wife died. They had two children. And the story is told that as Donald Gray Barnhouse was driving his children home to their house on the day of his wife's funeral, his children were wrestling with what death was and what it meant. And of course, being a pastor who was a master of illustrations and a master of teaching, he was wrestling with the ride home from the graveside, how he would teach his children about what death is. And he was trying to find a way that he could teach them the hope that Christ offered them and their mother, even the face of death. So as his daughter particularly asked him some questions, and Donald Gray Barnhouse stumbled and tripped over his own tongue. About that time, a semi-truck came the other direction on the road. And as the sun was shining in on the driver's side of the car, as that semi-truck passed by their vehicle, that semi cast a shadow over their car and then disappeared. At that moment, Barnhouse looked in the rearview mirror and he asked his kids, which would you rather face? Getting struck by that truck or being struck by that truck's shadow? And his kids were old enough to understand, and they said, the shadow. And Barnhouse asked his children, why? Why would you rather be struck by the shadow? And they said, because it doesn't hurt. He said, children, when you accept Christ, like your mother did, The death she just experienced is like the shadow that was cast over our vehicle by that truck. It's light, it's temporary, and then it's gone. But if your mother had not accepted Christ, it would have been like her getting struck by that truck. Everyone will face physical death. Are you prepared to meet Jesus and avoid spiritual death? The hymn says, While I draw 
this fleeting breath. When my eyelids close in death, when I soar to worlds unknown and see thee on thy judgment throne, rock of ages, cleft for me. Let me hide myself in thee. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, your Son is clear in this passage. We are to repent or perish. May the words of that hymn truly be the prayer of our hearts today. That nothing in our hands we bring, but simply to thy cross we cling. Help us to let go of ourselves and to cling to Jesus alone in life or in death. Because truly our only comfort in life or in death is that we belong to you, King Jesus. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, let us respond this morning by singing.